Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cabin Devils. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Joined by Mr. David K. I can see him. He's already live waiting to join us. Glad to have you guys back this year. Today, we are going to discuss how to approach this dramatic year, 20. 22. Why do we call it dramatic? Because its cousins, 2020 and 2021, have been equally hey, unpredictable. And if we have learned anything these past three years, it's the fact that we are not God. We are not God. We will never be. We have never been. We cannot predict the future, ladies and gentlemen. I'm always reminded of the first... Um, lockdown when we thought regulations would be lifted after two weeks i don't know if any of you guys remember that drama um the one of the key or one of the primary pictures here in uganda was when people around nalia went jogging in crowds even after we were being told to stay at home and they and the president had to come up uh, and just address the issue of people jogging and i think our friends uh, from america were fighting for toilet paper around the same time everyone was in panic but here we are fast forward almost three years later in uganda we are trying to open up schools again and we are still not sure how that is going to look like there is some level of anxiety amongst us uh, parents about how long schools are going to remain opened so some have lost their jobs others have gained new ones uh, but here we are all of us looking and facing 2022 uh, some of us have so much hope and looking forward, while others have so much anxiety. But one thing is, again, true about each one of us. We do not know. We do not know. That reminds me of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It's one of the most quoted verses, and I'll read it for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and known for evil, to give you a future and a hope to give you a future and a hope. And Mr. David Kay and I are going to spend some time talking about these things. But first of all, let me read for you a testimony from one of my very good friends, uh, Kimberly. She says, and I quote, she says, the last three years have been, have been far from ordinary for anyone, whether you are 14 or 70 years old, the last three years may have been your hardest or your best in terms of reliance on God. And she says, I know for myself, as I look back at the last few years, it's been tough. Uh, there has been so much uncertainty and hardship, yet I remember and know that God was and is still with me. Nothing phases him. She says, circumstances have changed more times than I can count. However, he never has. He has always remained with me, and that is true and so beautiful. And it says, I, she says, I quote, and I quote, and she mentions a quote that uh, she once had that she has never forgotten that says, God knows the worst about us and yet still loves us the most. That's beautiful. And she says, God has seen me through. I know growing up, I always thought blessings, um, I always thought blessings to be a rip of good but I'm learning that a blessing can be a gift in total disguise. Yes, the last few years were tough, but looking back, I don't believe I would trade them for anything. It's been in my hard 
and challenging moments that I see God the most. Now, I'm going to stop here with this particular testimony. Why? Because I want to post this testimony for friends who have subscribed to Cabin Devils via email. If you'd like to look at the rest of uh, her story, um, please go ahead and visit cabindevils.com, subscribe with your email address, and we will send you regular updates and content. Please do that as soon as you can. But David, thank you, and thank you so much for uh, joining us and just helping us break down some of the principles concerning trusting God, concerning planning, and, uh, and, and being able to face this coming year. I know there are so many other years ahead of us, but let's just start with 2022. Maybe the question that I'm going to ask Devi uh, as we begin is starting from Jeremiah 29:11. This verse, Devi, has been misapplied. By misapplied, I mean taken out of context. But even in me looking at it, I, I, I don't seem to see how this verse fails to apply to me directly. Am I wrong to think? Me, a New Testament, saying that God has hope planned for me. Of course, I want to believe that there is hope in 2022, right? And I don't think we are hopeless, Devi. Are we? Should we be afraid? Is there hope, Mr. David K? when you look at Jeremiah 29, 11? What, what are your thoughts uh, concerning this particular verse, even as we look forward? Devi. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, was addressed specifically to the Israelites. And God was telling them that he has a plan for them. It's, 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 it's almost a, a humorous, ironic statement that God makes to his people. And I'll give us the context. Um, but before I get into that, yes, it was written to the Israelites, but it is also a general thing about God, that God has a plan for each and every individual, you know. And the plan that God has for us is a plan for us to prosper in Christ. And that's why he brought and sent his son to die on the cross. Now, God's plan for us does not necessarily mean it's going to happen. There's God's decreed plan, and then there's God's desired plan. And God's desired plan for Israel was for them to be in exile so that he could remove the idolatry that they had drifted into. Um, and, and, and when they come to the realization that they were far from him, then he would be able to return them back to Israel. But that was dependent on what they were going to do while in exile. So his plan, his desired plan was that. But even in, in the midst of his desired plan, there was his decreed plan that God having seen ahead and known ahead, he knew they were going to be there. Now, let me bring it back to us. God has a desired plan for us. God has created each one of us with unique gifts and backgrounds and education and he's the one who has enabled us to be exposed to all those things so that we can turn out to be the kind of people that we are to fulfill a particular plan that God has for our lives. That is something that God is not going to force us to do unless you're Jonah, you know, where he's going to bring a fish and swallow you and, and, and do all these things and, and spew you out of Nineveh. Um, so there's that plan that God has for each one of us 
that we have, you know, every right to reject and fold our hands and say, you know what, me, I'm not going to apply my gifts, my talents, my education, I'm going to sleep. And, and, and you die a wasted individual. But also there's the decreed plan that when you become saved, you are a child of God and, you know, his decreed plan is that you have eternal life. So it, it is true. It is true that, yes, that was meant for Israel back then, but it is also true that generically God has a plan for each individual, not just for Israel. Now, let me say this is a very ironic and I think it matches with what we're talking about. You know, life has been so, um, you know, unpredictable. Things have been changing so fast. And, and, and it's the same thing that we see with the Israelites in chapter 29 of Jeremiah. You know, it begins with them being in exile. You know, you look at verse 1, it says, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who are carried away captive. These are people who are in captivity. You need to know what has just happened a few, you know, a few weeks back before this is written. The Babylonians came and attacked Jerusalem. They broke the temple. They destroyed it, put it on fire. They destroyed all the houses, as in they left Jerusalem in rubbles. There was not a single house standing. They killed some of the people. And they took the best of the best and took them to Babylon. That's why you find Daniel, you know, Meshach, Peshadrach, and Abednego. In other words, these guys had lost everything. At least for you, you have a home, you have something, you have your phone to listen to podcasts, and you have all these things. These guys had nothing, and they were in exile. And right in the midst of that, God tells them, listen, I have a plan for you. But before he tells them, I have a plan for you, he says, listen, I also have plans, immediate plans for you while you're in exile, where you've lost everything, where things have changed tremendously. And you read the verses in between there. I've done a devotion on this before. He tells them, listen, when you, when, when you are in exile, where things have been turned upside down, in verse 5, he tells them, build houses. In other words, make plans to build houses. He tells them, plant gardens. He tells them in verse 6, take wives and beget sons and daughters. In other words, make plans for your social life as well. Make plans for your productivity, verse 5. And when he tells them to plant gardens and, and eat their fruit, when he tells them to build houses, he's telling them, listen, make long-term plans. And he goes on to say, you know, seek the peace of the city. In other words, be a part of the social structure of that city, Babylon, where I'm sending you. Be a part maybe of the politics. That's why you find people like Daniel who are faithful to the Babylonian kingdom because they knew what God had told them. Listen, work hard, plan, and be productive and, and, and you know, even seek political office. These guys should have been hopeless, should have said, listen, everything is lost. Our heritage is lost. Our home is lost. All our plans and our gardens are lost. So therefore, let's just fold our hands and and, and, and mar in, 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 in bitterness. But God says, listen, this is all part and parcel of my plan. Listen, COVID was part and parcel of God's plan to throw everything up and then, you know, reset the world or, you know, take us on a different trajectory. And, and looking at the example of the Israelites, he's saying, listen, I want you to build houses. 
I want you to continue being productive. Plan on being productive. I want your social life to continue. Plan on, you know, longevity and staying wherever you are. Maybe this is how things are going to be. And, and guess what? They're going to be that way. You know, looking at, you know, strategic planning, I have been engaged in strategic planning for over 20 years. And I can tell you one thing, it has kept on changing again and again and again. 20 something years back when I was involved in strategic planning, we used to work on 10 year strategic plans. That soon changed uh, maybe like 10 to 12 years ago. And we started working on five year strategic plans. Now, about four years ago, four to three years ago, that changed. Actually, four to five years ago, that changed to two-year strategic planning. We no longer talk about 10-year strategic planning, okay, corporately and all these things. We no longer talk about five-year planning. And, and now the world in the corporate world started moving to two-year strategic planning. We know what COVID has done. It has made it even shorter. Now we even talk about quarterly strategic planning. And, and, and for the organization that I serve with Word of Life, that's what we started doing for the past two years. And guess what? It has helped us. Quarterly, shorter periods of planning, but you must plan. You must plan. And there's a plethora of verses that talk about the need to plan. David, back to you. I know that was a very long answer to the question you asked. No, but that answer, David, is greatly appreciated. Um, it's amazing how times can be difficult. And he's saying, take wives, have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. And of course, that brings us to the second portion of our discussion that uh, we've been having for a while now, and not only as a theme for uh, a word of life, uh, but also as, as individuals. And uh, I'm reminded again, once again, that first moment when we were in chaos, the first uh, lockdown, and, and talking about the, I don't know if you remember the, the parable of the talents when uh, the master gives them and is hoping for returns. And there was one who simply buried it, buried the talents. And one of the reasons he gave, he said, I was afraid. I was afraid. I know you to be a hard man. I was afraid. And I had never, until then, I had never realized that fear was one of those things that kept that young man uh, unfruitful. And so we want to be, we want to be, we want to be productive. We want to increase. We want to increase. And just looking forward to 2022, I'm hoping and praying that things will, will get better. And, and this, the question I'm going to ask next has really two bits to it. And I think we're going to cover the second bit later on. But the first is how best we can be able to bear fruit, to thrive. And uh, I mean, the, the, the clearest, one of the clearest passages to run to is the book of Psalms, uh, chapter one. And allow me to just read this for you. It's a very, very short psalm, but I think it has some very major principles when it comes to how to handle the year 2022. He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And verse three, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit 
that yields fruit, sorry, in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. This mother we're talking about, in all that he does, he prospers. But verse 4, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind dries away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows that the way of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Again, I'm so sorry for keeping, I mean, to, to keep. I, I keep going back to uh, 2020, but I listened to a commentator talk about this passage and he, he did mention something interesting I'd also never meant, and I'd never realized when, when he talks about this tree and he says, he's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And he says there are very few trees. There are very few trees that yield fruit throughout the year. There are few. I want to say even almost none. I think almost all fruit has a season with which they yield fruit. But I think sometimes life's expectation is that all the time we are producing or giving results. And we never take moments in our lives where we are, we are simply sucking in the water where we are developing the green leaves, where we are developing these small buds that are eventually going to turn into flowers and eventually become fruit. And it was a very good encouragement. And he said, in moments like this where things are seeming uncertain, take moments to, to just rejuvenate. And in due time, you will bear fruit. But one thing is promised about this tree. It is a tree that will not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. But Devi, what are your thoughts when it comes to someone? Uh, maybe specifically, would you talk to us about the counsel mentioned in verse 1? He says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. It's the first characteristic and, yeah. and the rest of his life has been described, of course, using analogies. But talk to us about biblical counsel because... And I wrote an article that I'm going to put on the website very soon um, that talks about noise, just noise. Um, and and, and, the, and the, just to paint for you a picture, the picture I'm using of noise is the fact that when you think about doing something, even just saying, should I buy this phone? Already there's so much noise in your head about how people will react to that phone. If it's an iPhone, if it's an Android, if it's an Android, what kind of, how many cameras at the back? They're going to ask you, maybe they're going to think you're wasting money. And all these thoughts come to you over a very simple decision of buying a phone. And how do you process all these things? And I'm talking about this in relation to counsel. Counsel. Why? Because we hear voices, we hear people talking, we hear, and how do I see all of these things to come up with biblical counsel? But Devi, talk to us about someone briefly, and if you can spend some minutes talking about wise counsel, I think it will be helpful as we face the year 2022. Devi. Well, David, thank you. Um, you know, one of our theme, I mean, the theme for, for this year for, for us as Word of Life is Thrive. And uh, there are different, you know, synonyms for the word thrive. Uh, there's growth, there's succeed, there's, um, you know, uh, prosper is one of the words that uh, is, is, is synonymous with thriving. And, and you see that word in, in verse 3, you know, and whatever he does shall prosper. And prospering is, 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 is not just maintaining, it is not just having, barely having. It is having abundantly. It prospers. 
Now, and I, I, I hope that is our goal as an individual, that this will be a different year that we will prosper. And just looking at this psalm, there's, there's three things that lead to that prosperity. Number one, ch- 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 I mean, verse one talks about the decisions that this blessed man has to make. It's talking about the blessed man is the one that prospers. The decisions are in verse one, the delights are in verse two, and the dedication is in verse three. So the key to us to prosper this year is going to boil down to the decisions that we make and how those decisions are determined. Number two, to the delights that we have. Are you delighted in the Lord or are you delighted in the things of the world or are you delighted in you know quick fix things or are you delighted in and then number three to the dedication what we dedicate ourselves to that tree is dedicated to be by the streams of water by the river that gives it water throughout or are you going to dedicate yourself to the dry land are you going to dedicate yourself to egypt figuratively are you going to dedicate yourself so those are going to be key and critical i know david earlier on had uh, mentioned uh, John 15 and John 15 extensively talks about dedication you know who you dedicate yourself and Christ says unless you abide in me you cannot bear fruit you cannot bear fruit abundantly and that is prosperity um, in, in line with verse 3 but you, you mentioned verse 1 you know one of the decisions that the person that is determined to prosper or is going to prosper that is the blessed man one of the decisions that they make is not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Therefore, they must be walking in a certain counsel, and that's the counsel of God. And Proverbs has a, a dichotomy. Proverbs is, is in dichotomies. It gives us the wise and the foolish, and therefore, um, you know, counsel of the wise or counsel of the foolish or the wicked. And so... <clears throat> For us to prosper, we need to figure out what are our sources of counsel. Um, and I was sharing uh, a few days ago, you know, we have all sorts of, of, of sources of counsel. Sometimes some of us, we, we, we get our counsel from people who are complainers, perpetual complainers. They will complain about anything and everything. And that becomes our source of counsel. This year, you need to make that decision and say, listen, I'm not going to sit in the counsel of the complainers. There is the counsel of the critical. They're going to criticize everything and anything, how the government is not doing this and how you know the organization is not doing that. And, 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 and soon they drive you to the mentality of thinking that you're a victim. And therefore, since you're a victim, there's nothing much you can do. And you find yourself not planning. You're the people who depend on the government. You're waiting for the government to do certain things. You're waiting for the president to open up things. You're waiting for, you know, you, you're just a victim. And then there are those who, you know, get counsel from, you know, uh, your, your, your compatriots and, and comradery. You, you don't want to lose them. An example is given in, um, in, in, in First Kings of this young man that takes over from his father, Solomon. And he's given advice by, you know, the elder generation. And they say, listen, your father was terrible when it came to taxes. You need to relax things. You need to have a better reign. And he went to his peers, his comrades, and they said, listen, no, 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 no. Your smallest finger needs to be more powerful than your father. And so he unleashed terror on his kingdom, which ended up being divided. So 
we need to make decisions on where we get our counsel from. And, and, and this year, as you plan, I pray that your counsel comes from God, number one. You know, what God says, what God says about you, what God says about your situation, and what God says about your plans, um, that you don't listen to the naysayers, the ungodly, the, the people who have no God in the picture, and they tell you how things are hopeless and how things are going down here. Listen, this world has not gone out of control in as far as God is concerned. And if God was ever to let go of the world and the situation, we would be in a much more worse state than we are right now. So David, and, and I don't know, um, so, so decisions uh, to do with the counsel that we get, we need to, to, to evaluate the counsel that we get from the different individual. And I had some questions that I shared with the people that, you know, I, I was sharing this uh, earlier on. And I said, listen, how do I evaluate the counsel that I get? The quality of the counsel, is it godly, is it wise? You need to ask yourself several questions. One of the questions is, the people that have surrounded myself as my counselors, when I evaluate last year, what, what did they tell me in terms of counsel that helped me to go closer to Christ? You know, does their, does their counsel drive me towards who I'm supposed to be in Christ? Number two, uh, the other question I need to ask myself, you know, of the advice that they gave me, what, 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 what was the, the worst thing that happened to the advice? Listen, not, not everyone is going to, no one is perfect. Even, even the godly person, there's going to be some things they're going to advise you and, and they're going to lead to some negative consequences. But what is the magnitude of the negativity? If there's a higher rate of negativity, if there's a higher you know, price of negativity, then maybe you need to let go of those. If your friends are not you know, helping you to, to grow into Christ-likeness, to be the kind of person that God has called you to be, then maybe you need to let go of those. You know, what, what positive things have you realized that you achieved in 2021 as a result of that counsel of people that you have in your life? If there is none and there is, uh, there is zero sum, you know, um, what you can see, then maybe you may need to reevaluate your friends. If they're not bringing you forward, if they're not helping you grow, you may need to reevaluate that, that counsel that you're receiving from those people because they're not helping you to prosper. They're not helping you to grow. And so you may need to make some decisions. I was listening to a podcast some time back with my wife. It was on finances. And this young man with a group of his friends, they decided to have uh, a board of directors of their lives. And so they meet as a board and they go discuss each and everyone's life, or, you know, and, and, and they look at each, each, each other's plans and they advise one another. And these are experts, by the way. And, and their reasoning was, if organizations have a board of directors, why can't you know, the organization of the individual, the, the human being, have a board of directors. And in essence, they're talking about counselors, having wise counselors, godly counselors that will help you to be who God has made you and has intended for you to be. Remember where we started from Jeremiah 29, God says, I have a plan for you. Have you discovered what plan God has for you in your life?
Do you surround yourself with friends who are going to help you to achieve the plan that God has for your life? And if you don't have those, then it may be time for you to make decisions about your counsel, just like the blessed man, because failure to make decisions about the counsel that you receive may mean failure for you to prosper like this person in someone. David. Thank you, Debbie. Um, I'm really tempted to ask friends here to just mention in the chat who is on your board of directors and you can probably just give us one name. Uh, for me, I do, I can mention Davey, not just on the board of directors, but also a good friend I can run uh, difficult questions by, but there's a good friend of mine called Brian uh, as well, who I reach out to. He's on the board and uh, just go ahead and let us know in the chat if you are brave enough by first name, who is on your board, who gives you counsel and I think that's a good, a good, good question to ask as we face 2022. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Trisha, for posting those questions there for us as a reminder of some of the things that we have been talking about. Does their counsel drive me closer to who I am called to be in Christ? Hey, that's a that's a huge question. What is the magnitude of negativity? Devi, I've heard you talk about this before, but I don't know if I wasn't paying attention uh, to that second question of concerning negativity. But yeah, definitely. It it's happens one. to most of my audiences. <laughs> <laughs> but the negativity question, Devi, is, is very interesting. And I know it's, it's it, and it catches on. And, and yes. The same as excitement. Excitement catches on. Uh, but also negativity catches on. And I know, yeah, I mean, the world already is negative, but to have a board of directors that uh, are also negative all the time in your life can be draining. It can be draining. And and of course, I'm not advocating for uh, gathering people who are going to tell us what our itching ears uh, are, are just dying to hear, like that friend of ours we just discussed Um but yeah, sometimes truth is difficult. Some, sometimes, sometimes it's painful uh, to listen to some of the things that are not going well in our lives. But all of these things are matters of wisdom. Circumstances change, factors change, and we pray for wisdom on how to be able to process uh, these things. David, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for throwing in some more light on that topic of, of counsel. One of the things I also noticed um, is in verse 2, this passage is very, very rich. I mean, yeah. it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That was That's an interesting comparison. And of course, the measure is going to come to verse 4 when he says the wicked are not like so. They're not like so. They're different. And maybe the question I would like to ask us who are listening in today is, did you have a quiet time today? Did you have a quiet time today? If you cannot answer that question with a yes, we need, we must, we must stop. We must stop and be and, and, and consider the fact that we may end up being that, that man mentioned in verse 4. And that can happen very, very quickly. It can happen very, very quickly. I was listening to one of my favorite, I love this guy, Wendell Calder. He was live today. Uh, and he said, talking about fruit, he, he mentioned something. I'm going to just be reading for us uh, John 15, uh, 15 in a few minutes. But one of the things he mentioned concerning fruit, he said, the best fruit for a believer is another believer. 
the best fruit for a believer is another believer. And, and that's just awesome uh, to think about. And of course, Christ said this in uh, John 15. He said, I'm the true vine and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear much more fruit. And of course, you, 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 you may want to think of this as it's interesting. Naturally, you would think that every branch that bears fruit, he would maybe add water or fertilizers. But he says he prunes. Very difficult process. Why? That it may bear more fruit. And talking about thriving, yes, we were able to bear some fruit this past year, but we can bear more fruit. And I think if God wants us to do that, according to this passage, he's going to do some more pruning to take away certain things out of our lives. To think you have reached is one of the most deadly dangers for a believer. You have not reached. There are things we must work on, ladies and gentlemen, this coming year. And the question I just asked, did you have a quiet time this morning? It's not a legalistic one. It's one that probably is going to ask us other further questions that maybe what is it that kept you so busy? Uh, how come you are not able to? And those are other questions you can ask to be able to come to the conclusion of the matter. And it says in verse 3, this is John 15, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And verse 4 is one of the most quoted words as we said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. David, can we take a few minutes right now and just talk about abiding in Christ versus the, the, the fruit. We, we were talking about counsel versus the truth. But one of the things that is mentioned in Psalm 1 is that his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now we're talking about abiding in Christ. Yeah. I've been struggling with this question, by the <coughs> way, ladies and gentlemen, this whole past week, uh, since January started in trying to think about my life and the ministry uh, that we do. Um, and I've been trying to see how can I plan for this coming year, not knowing what's going to happen. One thing has stood out in most of the passages I've read from Scripture, and this is it. We cannot go wrong when we share the gospel. And just talking about bearing fruit, it's 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 interesting that Wendell Calder today mentioned that he says the best fruit for a believer is another believer. And I want to spend my life and time investing in other people's lives in any way that I can. But it is going to take remaining in Christ, remaining in Christ, abiding in Christ. David, when I asked you this question uh, sometime last week, you, I think two weeks ago, uh, concerning what the definition of success looks like, there's something you mentioned. You said, I think the primary goal for every believer is our relationship with God. I'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's to give you a cue to be able to just share with us. What does that mean? Uh, for us as believers when it comes to abiding in Christ and bearing fruit. David? It, you know, the bearing of a fruit is not really my, my job. My job is to abide. That's what we've been called to do, to abide. And, and if you mm -hmm. look at the, even the verse that we have adopted for our theme this year, which is Ephesians uh, 20, uh, I mean, 3.20, it, it says, he that is able to do abundantly and above what we ask or imagine, according to he that is at work 
in us. Notice in Psalm 1, the wicked person is incapable of producing fruit because he's not attached to the river. And of course, we know the river is talking about God, the, the refreshment of, of God's word uh, that is enabling this tree to bear fruit in season, in its season, and it prospers. The tree of itself, without the nourishment, without God, cannot bear. And, and he, he tells us that we need our job is to abide in him. In other words, my goal this year should be to abide in him. And when I abide in him, there's several things that he's going to do when you look at um, John 15. One, he will do an evaluation. And if I am not faithfully abiding in him, and every branch he says in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I can be on the tree which is Christ, but I'm not abiding in him. What does abiding mean? To abide is to dwell to surrender and say, I am dwelling, I am comfortable. You know, some of us are believers, but we're not comfortable with Christianity. We're not comfortable with, you know, what is required of us. We're not comfortable with holding and bearing the cross. We're not comfortable, you know, with what he requires of us. We are not comfortable with his word. We are just, we're just, it is just a status that we hold. We are believers. And yes, we can be identified as, you know, uh, this type of tree or this type of branch, but we're not abiding. I can find I can find a a branch. Uh, I, I have a garden here, and sometimes you know I do some pruning, and you can see you know this 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 leaf. It has the shape of a strawberry. It has everything, but it is brown because it is no longer abiding. It is dead, and so I have to take it off. It has got no semblance to actually being a, 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 a strawberry. It is not productive. It is just sucking and it is not producing anything. There is no hope of it producing a bud to produce a fruit. It is just enjoying the praise and worship. It is just taking up space in church. It is just, you know, enjoying the benefits of being in a church, but it is not productive. It is not employing itself. It is not using its fruit its gift in the church. He says, listen, I'll evaluate and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Please note that this branch is in Christ, in, in him. So this is a believer. And then he goes on to say, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So, there's also abiding in him, and, and, and he's, he still does the pruning. And, 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 and honestly, David, I think 2020 and 2021 was part of that pruning. You know, so many churches have lost members. But what kind of members have been lost? So many things have been challenged in our walk, and God has used this process to prune us. And some of us have come out of this, this whole episode, the lockdowns, better individuals, more dedicated believers. Let, let me tell you, David, I enjoy the fellowship. I enjoy the, you know, the singing, the worship at church these days. I enjoy the genuine you know, conversations we have. And I think there's been a pruning process that has gone on. And I'm seeing you know, more fruit, more fruit. So 
part of abiding David, you know, it's calling us to, to open ourselves to God to evaluate our lives and, and, and being honest, but also realizing that if I'm not productive, you know, I, may, I might be cast away. But number two, that my being faithful does not, you know, um, shield me from the pruning process. Pruning is never an easy and nice thing. I was sharing this morning uh, about a book that I have read. You know, pruning is part of being prosperous, helping us to be prosperous. And the book was talking about, you know, the leadership pain. And it says, listen, if you want to grow, then you must allow for change to take place. But change represents loss. And that's what pruning is about. You know, when I go to my strawberry plants um, and, and I see something and I want them to bear more and I want more buds to come out, sometimes I have to institute change by removing some branches, by removing some leaves. And so when you come back, it doesn't look the way it looked like. It looks different. But it looks different because it has lost something. Now, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I did so much biology to figure out whether the plants feel pain, but nevertheless, something is removed and loss equals to pain. And that's the pruning process. But you know what? In a matter of days, you find more buds coming up and eventually more leaves and more strawberries being born. So part of abiding when we see this passage is being open to you know, being pruned, being taken through that process of change, however God chooses to make that, whether it is through lockdowns or COVID or frustration of our plans, it includes a process of loss and a process of pain. But it is through those change, loss, and pain that growth is seen and more fruitfulness is seen as we abide in him. And notice he's the one who does all these things. And so he allows the processes for these things to happen. For some, it may be a loss of a job. For some, it may be a health issue. For some, it may be, you know, a globe. You know, can you imagine God changing the events of the whole globe so that David can thrive? You think about that. I'm that important to God for him to bring in COVID, for me to realize, you know, I've been doing things differently and he wants me to thrive. I know that's a selfish way of looking at this. And then, and then he says, Abide in me, verse 4, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This is saying you can't and you're incapable of producing any fruit. All you need to do is just abide. You know, dwell. Dwell in me. Be by that river. Delight in his word. Just bring yourself and, you know, I was sharing also earlier on and saying it is impossible for me to be productive, to have fruit that lasts outside Christ as a child of God. Now, you can produce plastic fruit. You can produce fake fruit and, and get it from somewhere, but it doesn't last. And it's not refreshing because it is not nourished by the tree. And some of us, we get fruit and we plaster it onto the tree, but it's just fake. It doesn't last. From far, it looks good. You look very productive. But when someone takes a bite, actually worms have started infesting themselves inside. True, refreshing, lasting fruit that is abundant is only possible through Christ. 
when I am given a job, maybe at URA, and I want to be, you know, thriving in my, in my job, when I forget biblical principles, when I forget and neglect a devotion, because it's the devotion that reminds me who I am and whose I am, and therefore I need to do work according to who I am and whose I am, and I begin to do work differently, then different things begin to happen and I stop thriving. If you want to know the quality of my marriage, you need to ask me about my quiet time. The quality of my parenting and the quality of, of the work that I do. And, 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 and if you see any slumps in Word of Life, the, the organization I work and I serve with, then that is also a reflection of my, of my devotion, my personal time with God. And you can almost sometimes draw a curve and see the moments where I've been so busy and I don't even have time. Those are the moments where we experience so many problems because I'm not working very well with, with my leaders, because I am you know, making erratic decisions that are not guided by God's word and God's counsel. And you can see the fruit of it. So this issue, David, um, is for us to remember my job as a child of God is to abide. And his job is to produce the fruit in me. And therefore, I need to ask myself, when I don't see any fruit in me, when there's no you know, salvations, when there's no discipleship, when my children are not you know, responding in a godly way, it is usually as a result of my not abiding. And I may be choosing to abide in other things. And, and, and so, yes, this year, the other thing that we need to make uh, a decision about is the delights that we have. Do we delight in his word? You know, you're talking about a quiet time. Uh, do I delight in, in, in learning and growing in my faith? Do I delight in abiding in him, in dwelling? You know, I gave the example at the beginning, you know, you can be a believer and it says those in me that do not bear fruit, it takes away. In other words, you're a believer, but you're not delighting in abiding in him. You're not making that conscious decision to you know, to surrender yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. And if you're not allowing him to be your Lord, then he has no free reign to produce what he wants to produce in you. You've put him to the side, and now you're still the Lord over your life, and you're producing what you want. So when you're in a conflict, you use your own rules and guidelines. And that's the fruit, fire with fire not kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness, which God can only produce in us. Um, so, I mean, this, this, this is an interesting and, and long passage, David, um, and, and, uh, and I don't know, maybe I've just gone in circles, but that's what I see um, in as far as abiding and the importance for us to find those things that help us to abide in Him. One is that daily fellowship with Him, uh, getting to know him. And he actually explicitly mentions it here in verse 7. If you see, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So there's, it's not just an empty thing. There are different things he has given us, you know, prayer, his word, and, and you know, um, and growing in those areas. Um, they, they help us to abide in him and have him uh, be the Lord over our life. And then he produces it. It's interesting, even Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of David. I can't produce patience. I'm incapable of producing patience. The best I can produce in a situation is my impatience. 
you know, joy. It is not up to me, it is up to him. But that begins with my surrendering myself to the spirit and then he produces that. David. Wow, that's, thank you. Um, I don't know if you saw um, Mr. Eric's comment when he said up here in the church, pruning can be likened to the testings God puts through in mm. order for us to get stronger. And um, I think he's trying to refer to James chapter 1. That mm. comment mm. reminded me of James chapter 1, verse 2, and says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the mm. testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, I want to encourage us that uh, if anything goes wrong and wrong in quotes this coming year, that you're not being unlucky. You're just not being unlucky. You're, 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 you're right in the middle of God's plan and he is yeah. doing something. But David, you gave an analogy of the brown branches that you find on those strawberries. Could these be things we are doing that have no eternal values? Remember, we are trying to conquer 2022 and to see that amidst the, uh, the uncertainty, we are thriving, we are being fruitful. But in, in thinking about the analogy of planting, how do we know um, what is yet to bear fruit? And of course, for a bit there, David, you can tell which tomatoes are wasting land. And you, un and you remove them. There's a point where it gets and you know this thing is not coming up. It, it's yeah. just wasting time and resources. Uh, but how do we know what is yet to bear fruit? This is, this is what I'm saying. How can we recognize opportunities? Because sometimes we want quick fruit, but fruit takes time. How do we yeah. know the difference between the two? Because there's going to be moments where we have to wait, but then you're also scared you might be wasting time. Um, and, and you want to move on quickly. How have you been able to, either in your uh, ministry or personal life, where you you know I must be patient, but also there are moments where you're thinking, this 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 has to change, I have to let go. Um, how have you been able to know the difference, Devi, as we come to the end of our show? Between the I, two? Think the, I think the answer to that is in verse 1, David. Um, in remembering that my father is the vine dresser, this vineyard or vineyard belongs to him. And so I need to figure out what are the vineyard owner's, you know, requirements or standards when he puts up something. I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. What is God's expectation of an organization like Word of Life that I serve for? Obviously, God allowed Word of Life to come up and come up with a mission statement of evangelism and discipleship. David, all these other things are sideshows. The things that we do, the things that we, we count for success, you know, this nice, fabulous building, so many cars, those are sideshows. God's desire for word of life, period, is according to the mission statement, evangelism and discipleship. And so we need to be asking ourselves, if God has allowed this organization to thrive for this purpose, are we doing that? And what does it take? Um, what is God's process of evangelism? He calls me to share the gospel. He'll be responsible for the people getting saved. But the question is, am I sharing the gospel? Are there people that are going through the process of transformation and discipleship to be Christ-like? Everything else that we set up as human beings, those are just sideshows. They're nice things to have. 
uh, nice things for people to come onto the property and see all these nice things. But at the end of it, all those are just sideshows. The vineyard owner wants evangelism and discipleship. Now, let me bring it back to myself. Have I discovered what my purpose in life is? Have I discovered the skill sets that God has given me? Because the skill sets and the giftings that God has given me are a clue to what plan and purpose he has for me. There's no way he's going to give me the gift of maybe teaching, and then I find myself in another ministry doing a different thing. I am not going to thrive there. The vineyard owner chose for me to have teaching and to utilize that well. And therefore, I need to ask myself, if he has given me this, he wants me to bear fruit in that area. Am I bearing fruit in that area? So it is determined by the vineyard owner, not by me. And I can set all nice goals and grandiose goals about different things, but if it departs from the vineyard owner, then I, I unfortunately, I am living a lie. I, I, I am wasting time. I need to figure out what the vineyard owner wants. Now, for all of us as believers, we know the vineyard owner wants us to share the gospel. Matthew 28 is not a suggestion, that's a command. The vineyard owner, right from Genesis, wants us to produce after our own kind, and that is discipleship as well, whether it is in the home, whether it is in the ministry, whether it is in the church. The vineyard owner, when you read Ephesians, it says, listen, we need to use our gifts so that others can be brought into maturity. This is Ephesians 4, so that people stop being tossed to and fro. So the vineyard owner wants us to be productive in the use of our gifts. The vineyard owner wants us to redeem time. You know, the re I mean, there's so many things, but how do I get to know this? I need to interact with God's word to know what are those things that God requires of me and to bear fruit in. The vineyard owner wants me to bear fruit abundantly as the Holy Spirit works in me and to produce joy. In other words, he calls me to be a joyful individual this year, even if there's a lockdown. He calls for me to be patient. There's so many things, David, that he wants us to be productive in and to bear fruit in. But I can only know it once I interact with his word. And I need to understand it is him who sets what needs to be done. We need to know the plan of the owner. Otherwise, we are accomplishing our own things and, and, and not God's. Great summary, David. Thank you. And thank you. David, so can I say something? Um, you know, someone talked about pruning yes. there. Do you mm. notice who undergoes through pruning in verse 2? It is every branch that bears fruit. Mm. Isn't that contrary to the, you know, the theology that we, we have come accustomed to? We believe the pruning, and that's the theology, by the way, Job's friends had, right? That Job is undergoing the pruning process for whatever reason, because, uh, well, he has sinned, his life might not be right. But do you realize that that is also a pruning process? Because at the end of the book of Job, it tells us, listen, Job had much more than what he had at the beginning. 
But the wrong theology we have is that, hey, listen, when, when pruning begins to happen, it's because you've been unfaithful, it's because God has forsaken you, it's because God does not love you. And these are the things that we keep on hearing again and again and again. And some, sometimes we even give up and we say God has forsaken us and we take off. Listen, the pruning process happens even to the most faithful individual that has made the decision to abide in. And God says, listen, thank you for abiding. Thank you for being faithful, but I want you to produce more. So I'm going to subject you to this process. So the pruning, the trials, the 2020 and 2021 is not an indication that you've been unfaithful. It's not an indication that God is unhappy with you. It may be just part of the pruning process. So go ahead and plan in answer to the question that was put on the podcast. Go ahead and plan. God has better plans, just like he told them in Jeremiah 29. I have a plan for you, a plan not for you to fail, a plan for you to prosper. Go ahead and plan. There's better fruit coming up ahead as you continue to abide in him. Thank you, David. Mm. Amen. That's that's been awesome, Devi. Um, and it's interesting that we began with this passage uh, this year as Cabin Devos. By the way, if you do not know, Cabin Devos simply stands for Cabin Devotions. It came out of a program we run around the beginning of COVID called Camp in the Cloud. And this is where we held camps uh, uh, in the cloud, literally, uh, thinking about the cloud as the IT kind of cloud. Um, but then we realized that we need something that is that that can be almost daily. I know we cannot handle a daily uh, production, but we said to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, where we come together as if we had come. Imagine I'm right there in your sitting room talking to you live and having devotions just before we go to bed. And our goal as cabin devils is one that you remain connected uh, to Christ Jesus, um, that you live your best version of you, more like utmost for his highest. What's the best version of you uh, that you can be as an individual? And that's our goal, that each one of us who is a part of Cabin Devils will remain connected uh, to Christ. The word connected has been substituted for abide. Actually, I think we should be that each one of us should abide in Christ, like that branch, and bear fruit. And one of the things we are thinking about this year uh, is introducing what we call small groups. Um, and this is not going to be a WhatsApp group. We're designing them to be a kind of different. Why? Because there's so much noise on social media uh, right now, and we can't afford to add cabin divorce to that kind of noise. And so please, if you'd like more details concerning this, uh, go ahead and visit cabindivos.com and subscribe with your email address. Uh, the guys who have subscribed will be the, among the first ones uh, to be given the option to join uh, a small group. Thank you, and thank you guys so much uh, for being here. Let me remind you that I think this coming Wednesday and Friday, we're going to be having Dr. John Norris. Um, he, it's interesting um, that uh, this gentleman chooses to be with us. He was supposed to begin us off, and we had planned this all the way from last year. Um, and I kept postponing his show and telling him, you know what, let's close for Christmas, and we'll pick it up in January. And he agreed um, and, and he was supposed to be today, but then he sent me a text about two weeks ago and he said, Devi, I had never foresaw, but I think I have a couple of surgeries coming up uh, on Monday and I'm, I need to attend to these patients. You know that he is a cardiologist. And so he asked for permission 
to be able to be with us on Wednesday. And that played out in a very, very great and awesome way that we are able to start off the year with thinking about how can we plan for this year that has drama. And I believe everything works out for the good of those who love him. Is Hasn't this been awesome? If it has been awesome, give me a thumbs up if you loved today's show. And I've personally been blessed, Debbie. Thank you. Uh, and thank you so much. Three things. What are your decisions, dedication, and what is your delight? His delight is in the law of the Lord on which he meditates day and night. May that stick with you. Some of the other phrases are if you are going to share the gospel, you are not going to get anything wrong. He wants us, divine owner wants us to share the gospel. The other phrase that I've occurred to us today is the best fruit for a believer is another believer. Those are words of Wendell Calder. Thank you guys for being here. It's six minutes past 10 p.m. I hope to see you again on Wednesday. Have a blessed night and uh, see you soon. May God bless you. Thank you guys for being here. Let me see if I can call upon a couple of friends here. Lindsay, Lindsay, before we go, before we go, guys, Lindsay is glad that your name popped up right there at the the, the end. Um, I met Lindsay for the first time. I had not seen Lindsay. I think it's been two years almost. And I met her for the first time. She approached me. I was uh, sitting at the restaurant. I said, I know you, but I don't think you can recognize me. And I said, hey, when someone starts like that, usually they are buffeting. They are they want something from you. And I put I put up my guards looking at her with those screeching eyes. I'm like, what are you about to ask for? You're going to start saying you're my OG, that we're in the same class. And you know, they come up with those stories. But then she mm. said, I'm Lindsay. I'm like, what? You are the Lindsay. And she gave me a copy of her book, Out of Sight. She discusses her uh, boarding school experiences. And right now, I think on chapter four, I've read the chapter on uh, about the bridge. This is interesting stuff. Um, I'm actually going to have David um, and maybe Arthur look at this book. And then we'll host Lindsay sometime before this year ends to talk about her book. And uh, just kind of share with us what were her thoughts. And then I know Arthur is uh, is the principal for World of Life. He's also very, very passionate about education. I've been to boarding school. I know also Devi has been to boarding school. Schools are opening right now. Parents are asking questions. Should we send them to boarding? Some schools got burnt. We, are, we, we lost, sadly, we lost a couple of students. And this, I think, is a hot topic that we need to discuss. And I know most of you have been to boarding school. You have weird experiences. Kau, what? And I want us to talk about that and just and just share. But again, Lindsay, if, if you don't mind, give us your phone number so that if someone wants a copy of this book out of sight, they can be able to reach you. I asked if this book is on Amazon and things like that. I said, no, right now. It's only with me right now. So, Lindsay, if you're still on, give us your phone number as we come to the end of the show. And maybe we can post this later on in the WhatsApp group for those of you who would like to get a copy of Lindsay's book. Lindsay called in last year uh, to Cabin Devils, and one of the hard prayer points was a book that she never finished. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the book, Out of Sight, Lindsay uh, Biamugisha. That's our phone number. Take a screenshot because this show is coming to an end very, very quickly. Give her a call and get a copy for yourself. Get a copy for yourself. Thank you guys so much uh, for being here. Allow me to say good night at this point. May God richly bless you. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.